Just a quick thing at the beginning that this gospel uh, is Jesus' answer to the question about when will the temple be destroyed. And uh, this happened in 32 AD and the temple's destruction was in 70 AD. Um, so I just didn't, somebody asked me one time, well, this is horrible and scary. And I'm like, oh sure, but he's talking to, you know, about something that already happened. Um, if you want horrible and scary, we can cover that another day. Uh, but anyway, um, last week on Saturday, we had our four o'clock mass and Father Lay came in to see me and we always sit down and work on our homilies together and we had finished for the week, of course, on our homilies, but he came in and said, did you know we're supposed to preach on vocations this weekend? And I was like, yeah, no. Uh, so we were supposed to last week, but our homilies were done and mine was really long and I wasn't throwing that out. So uh, what we did was we agreed we'll talk this week about vocations. So that's what I'm doing. Uh, I wanna share with you um, some thoughts about vocations. And what do we say when we mean vocations? Vocations, uh, it's a Latin word, vocare. It means to hear, to answer. Um, and it's the idea that each of us were created for a specific purpose. And of course, there's the general specific purpose that we all share. You and I exist to know, love, and serve God in this life and be with him forever in the next. But we also have missions that are specific to us. For most, it's marriage. Uh, for the very pretty ones, it's priesthood. Um, okay, I made that up. But uh, when the church says vocation, she tends to be talking about priesthood these days. Because um, there's a lot for us to unpack, I think. You know, the, the, the key is this, and I, I think I say this a lot, but I, you and I live in times that no other Catholic has lived in, and of course that's obvious. But it's maybe not obvious to you because you're not a priest. But to give us a sense of things, if you look at the 1950s, there were more priests working in the church in the U.S. than there are now. And there was about half as many Catholics. There are more Catholics right now in this country than there's ever been. The number of Catholics keeps growing and growing, and the number of priests keeps shrinking and shrinking. And there's this big bubble they, uh, they told us about 20 years ago. And 20 years ago, I was perfect, so I didn't worry about it. Uh, but I remember them saying, when the, forgive the, I don't know if this way, when the boomer priests die, we're in a lot of trouble. Yeah? Uh, that uh, so many priests right now in our country, about half of the priests who are working in our country are working past 70 years of age. And at some point, uh, and I know that generation is so tough, but they will get tired. I'm sure of it. It's going to happen, yeah? And when we get to that point, like if you look at my age group, what am I, 52? Um, there's about six priests in our diocese my age, yeah? Or around my age, within five years. There's just not a lot of us. And why is this happening? I have no clue, yeah? Everyone has opinions. Uh, but who knows? Maybe God intended this. 
And I write that in the bulletin. If you find this boring, just check out my article. It's pretty exciting. Uh, but one of the things I talk about is in my lifetime, I've watched priesthood reduced to being the CEO. Yeah? Priests who are great business managers and don't pray. Or priests who are excellent Democrats or Republicans, but not saints. Uh, and it's messing. It, it, that allowed us a lot of problems. But with so few of us now, and so many of God's people, I think it's teaching us to focus, to lay down the power, like, I don't know, Jesus, and to pursue holiness and the sacramental life. Yeah? Because, of course, you know, we can always point this out, right? Well, there's, sure, there's a lot more Catholics, but no one goes to church. Right. But they still die and need funerals. They still call when they're in the hospital. A vast majority of our hospital calls are from Catholics who haven't been to church in quite some time. A lot of our funerals are that way. And of course we serve them. This isn't a pay-to-pray thing. Although if you'd like that system, please, I'm all in. Uh, but uh, all kidding aside, we try as priests to love like Jesus does with all of our sins and failings. So when someone calls, we don't do the, are you a parishioner? Because if God does that to me, I'm in a lot of trouble, yeah? So while the number of Catholics has gone way up and the number of priests has gone way down, the demands have gone up, commensurate with the amount of people. And so it could be simply that God is refining the priesthood, yeah? Drive out anybody who's going to do it so that they can be a CEO with no accountability. I don't know. It could be uh, a cultural thing uh, that, again, with all those Catholics, less than 20% go to church regularly. And in a few weeks, right, I think about a month from now, we're going to have Christmas and someone will be sitting in your pew, yes, uh, and you'll give them the look. And you might think, wow, this is what it looks like when everybody shows up. No, statistically, that's 40%. Yeah? That's how many of us are running around out there, yeah? So, I don't know if it's that we don't go to church. And, I, I, you know, outside of this Mass, it's rare I see young people at Mass. Right? Somewhere around confirmation, they disappear. Uh, and then we see them again for marriage prep. And if I don't see them, if they aren't at Mass and that gap in between, well, of course they're not going to become priests. Of course they're not going to think about it. It's not important enough for weekly attendance. Why would I think about it, yeah? So I don't know which one it is or whether it's something we haven't thought of, you know, fluoride in the water. Sorry. When I was growing up, that was every good conspiracy theory. It was. But what I want to share is three lessons that I, I think the Lord has led me through and to. And the first one is about when I was struggling with, am I called to be a priest? Um, I had a lot of fears, uh, a lot of fears. And most of them revolved around family, right? Everybody I knew got married and, and had kids. And some people got married a lot. They were really good at it. Um, <laughs> but, sorry. That wasn't funny. Um, I really didn't know many priests, and the priests I knew, it didn't seem like a good idea to try to talk to them. Uh, and and uh, 
I had a lot of fears, most of them around family. I grew up in a wonderful family, so I wanted one too. Um, and I worried about being lonely. I did. I worried about a lot of different things. And slowly but surely, Jesus brought me to this point of recognizing there's only one question that matters. It's not, will I be lonely? It's not, uh, will I, am I, are you really, the question is simple. Jesus, are you calling me to be a priest? That's the only one that matters. Because if he is, I'll be fine. And as a side note, I got to tell you, I pray for lonely most days. I'm like, that'd be so awesome. Uh, trying to hide and get an hour of quiet. Moms are all nodding, I know. Um, but truly, all the things I was worried about, I haven't experienced. And it really happened for me in a sense when I just started trying to focus on the only question that matters. Jesus, are you calling me to be a priest? That's it. And so if you're a young man out there and you're wondering, this is the only question that matters. And I promise you, if he's calling you, you're going to love it. I love that. I can't believe Jesus lets me do this. There's something wrong with him. And so for me, it took the form of a very simple prayer. And I truly did, I think, pray this every day of my life for a while. Jesus, show me what you want me to do and help me to do it. And I found that by giving that to Jesus every day, I was kind of powerless to stop him. I've shared this story with you, so I won't do it again. But I really tried hard to not go to seminary. <laughs> and the Lord got his way. And I'm so happy about that. I'm happy I lost that fight. So to me, the question for all of us, whatever our vocation, whatever we're discerning, it's pretty simple. Lord, are you calling me to this? And if the answer is yes, way to go. The second thing came once I was in seminary that I went a bit reluctantly just with this sense that I'm supposed to go. This is what God wanted. And I remember people like, oh, is your family putting pressure on you? Yes, to not go. Yeah? They never put that heat on me. It was just, Mom always said, do what the Lord's telling you. So I got into seminary, and I met a category of priest that blew me away. They're, they're called happy priests. They occur in nature sometimes. Uh, these guys loved being priests, and it was because as I listened to them, they weren't baptized social workers. They weren't above us, towering and lecturing. They were right in there with us. And they were just as broken as we were. And it blew me away. And it led to this second thing where I'm like, well, now I want to be a priest and I have no business being one. I have no business being a priest. Now that I know what one is, yikes. It was a great talk with Archbishop Vigneron in Detroit. He, he was just Bishop Vigneron then. Uh, and he was our rector and probably one of the holiest priests I've ever known in my life. And I talked to him at one point, and I said, I, I'm not worthy of this. He said, well, I'm not either. But that's not our call. 
And he didn't say this, but I'll bet if he could find someone worthy, Jesus would pick that person. But all he's got is us broken people. And he talked to me about how, Joe, you're aware of your sin, you're aware of your struggles. That's why he's calling you. It'll make you more tender. It'll make you more like him. And that helped me a lot. If I try to bring it back to worthiness, I lose. So I don't. I bring it back to that one question again. Did you call me, Lord? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. The third thing, I think, uh, that, that got me happened in 07. And I had, I was at a stage of my life where uh, I was teaching at Lansing Catholic High School uh, six classes a day, right? I, I taught seniors philosophy and uh, history. It was ironic, I almost forgot the word history. Um, and I did that every day for six hours and I prayed mass for them every day and heard their confessions. Um, but then on the weekend and, and also on Thursday, I was at MSU. So on Thursday we would do, uh, no kidding, three and a half hours of confessions uh, and they needed them. And uh, then we would have mass at 10 at night uh, because that's like lunch to them. And then on the weekend, it was weddings and masses, and no kidding, guys. We would do three hours of confessions again on Saturday, and then our Sunday mass schedule was 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 5, and 7. We had two buildings. There were about 1,100 students at every mass. It was insane, and I loved it. Um, it was another priest and I, and, and, and I just kept going and going and going. And it never occurred to me to stop. It never occurred to me to go, you can't keep this pace, yeah? And I hit a hard brick wall, a hard one. Uh, and I was so embarrassed, but it, it was a Sunday night, and I sat down in a chair, and I was happy. And I was like, I can't move. Yeah, I just couldn't move. And in the end, I, I took a few days off, right? I'm going to sleep, and I'm going to take walks. And on the Monday then, I went to St. Mary's Cathedral, right in downtown Lansing, to sit with Jesus. He says hi, by the way. And uh, they opened up a confession line, and I had just sinned uh, once, uh, but I thought, let's get this. Uh, so I get in line. I walk in and there's a new priest there. You could still smell the chrism, I think. And uh, I started to confess my sins and then it devolved into kind of a whining cry thing, yeah? As a failure. Yeah, God's people need this and I can't do it. I gassed out. And I, I poured out my heart, that poor kid. Oh my gosh, I can't believe he's still a priest. Uh, and I did, I, I just, I cried and I, I struggled and, and he said the coolest thing to me, I have never forgot it. He said, uh, Joe, you're, you're, you're a priest and your job is to be holy. He said, if you make this about completing the mission, you'll die. There's way too much mission, right? Your job is to be holy. He said, every day, 
You need to walk with Jesus. And, and your job is to offer those sacraments as you can, not as you can't. And your job, he said, is to tell people, so live in such a way they look at you and how you love them and go, well, that's how Jesus loves me. He said, that's your job. The checklists will never get done. But what you can do is just decide to be holy. Walk with Jesus. Celebrate the sacraments. And live in such a way that people look at you in the way you love them and say, that's how Jesus loves me. Those were three key moments for me, right? 25 years in, and I am a fat, happy little man. Well, not little. But truly I am. I can't believe it. Like, I wake up with wonder in my heart that he lets me do this. And if you are wondering, what is Jesus calling me to? I don't know your specific call. I don't. But I do know that he's calling you to it so you can do it. And not do it and get by, but do it and thrive. And we never, whether we're married or celibate, whether we're single or widowed, we never want to mistake the symptoms of our vocation for our vocation. We want to make sure, like as a priest, not that I'm getting it all done because that's impossible, not that I'm perfect because I can't pull that off, but every day am I giving my all to God and to you. And in our marriages, every day, are you obsessed with your spouse? Are you thinking about him or her all the time? Or are we so busy chasing symptoms of marriage that we forget to be married? So this is uh, the blessing of today, and I'm so happy to share it with you. And I hope that whatever the Lord is calling you to or has called you to, you remember that if he called you to it, you got this. He's in you. And if you're worried, are you worthy to be married? No, you're not. Am I worthy to be a priest? Nope, not even close. But we don't make that call, he does. And if in the midst of striving to be faithful in your marriage or whatever your vocation is, make sure we're never so busy acting like married people that we forget to be married people. And I'm going to pray every day to make sure I'm not so busy acting like a priest that I forget to be one. So that's my vocations talk. I share it with you with a heart full of gratitude for you. And I hope you believe me. Every week when I write my bulletin, I get to the end and I'm like, how do I tell you how grateful I am to be your priest? I don't know. I do my best. But your hunger for the Lord is such a blessing to me. I brag about you. We, you know, uh, between here and St. Mark's, we do 10 hours of confessions a week. We could do 15. You guys really are good at this. I was going to say about sinning and then I stopped the joke. But, no, but what a blessing. I've been in bigger parishes where we don't have near that much need or want. I love that I look out and see the, your, your faces. And I'm to the point now, four years, this is the second longest I've lived anywhere. Yeah? And I look out and I know you now as best I can. And it blows me away. I wish you knew the treasure that each one of you were. 
So today, I thank the Lord for my vocation. I thank the Lord for your vocation. And I pray that he bless each of us to be faithful to it as best we can as sinners, as broken people, but as people who, whatever our faults or failings, man, we know how to cling to Jesus. Amen.